Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello. Welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast where we watch Blizzard. Not the snowing thing. It is snowing outside my house right now. In, in April, it's snowing outside my house. So I am currently actually watching a Blizzard while I'm talking about watching Blizzard. So I just want to make that clear. I'm Matt Rossi. I'm the host. And with me this week are two fantastic co-hosts. Going to introduce him first because he's filling in for Alex. Uh, he's a Shadow Priest writer and does a lot of other stuff. Mitch, say hello, everyone, Mitch. What's up, guys? Hi. What have you, what have you been doing this week? Um, I don't, I don't really know. I've been just kind of, you know, doing stuff here and there. A little bit of seven point two content, a little bit of IRL stuff. I don't know. Eating candy from Easter. Okay, he's been eating candy. We'll go with that. Mitch has been eating so much candy that he doesn't know what he's been doing for the past week. Yeah. Okay. Isn't that like candy? It's real good. Yeah, candy. Uh, okay. Also with us this week. Hopefully she hasn't been eating that much candy. Um, she writes pretty much everything for the site. And Stickney, uh, Dan, same. You just talked about it on the pre-show. So, what have you been doing this week? I'm still remodeling. <laughs> <laughs> That's the extent. Of, I, my world is remodeling right now. But um, on top of that, though, I finally got flying in Legion, and I also got um, a new legendary in Legion. I got a bunch of stuff in Legion. You know what, though? After getting flying, man, I missed flying. I didn't realize how much I missed flying until I got it back again. And, yeah, I really missed flying. If nothing else, it probably makes questing and stuff a lot easier. So much easier. And the thing is, is it's account-wide. So now that I have it on my main character, all of my other characters also have it, which means life is so much easier for them now, too. It, Yeah, it makes cool. questing a lot easier. All right. Um, as is usually the case, we talk about top stories here, so we'll do that now. Um, the first one I can think of is that Genji is coming to Heroes of the Storm, so we should probably talk about that. Uh, I don't play a lot of Heroes, so I'm going to assume either Mitch or Anne want to be talking about this most, so I'll throw it over to you guys. Well, it's not just Genji. We're getting Genji as like a new hero, but we're also getting Hanamura as a map in Heroes of the Storm, which I think is pretty fantastic. 
Um, mm-hmm. Mitch, I know you probably play more heroes than I do, considering my performance on our live stream. <laughs> <laughs> it it has admittedly been a little while since I've played, but I did get a chance to test Genji. I haven't tested Hanamura. Um, I know that Heroes 2.0 beta, though, any time you queue for a match right now, it's automatically Hanamura, so just so people can test it more. So people can um, see the map. Okay. Yeah, but I did try out Genji in the, the like, try mode, and he's, I, I mean, he's pretty faithful. The one thing that slightly confused me is his, um, his dragon ultimate, like, the same one that he has in Overwatch, where, you know, you bust out his sword and start chopping people. Um... It's kind of like once you think about it, it makes sense. Like, you know how in Overwatch you have to press the button for him to swipe? Yeah. Um, you have to do that in Heroes of the Storm, too. Like, his R and his, I think, Q both become like a, a forward slash with like like a 180 arc. But when he's in melee range, he doesn't just auto attack with it, which kind of threw me off for a second. Like, so you I, actually I had to charged, press the button to activate you, it. You actually, yeah, you have to use the arc for his ultimate to actually do anything. I. I activated the ultimate and then like charged into melee range of the, you know, Arthas NPC or whatever. And I just like stood next to him with the big sword doing nothing. And I was kind of like, wait, what's going on? But otherwise, um, he seems pretty cool. I don't know how strong he will actually be. I know a couple people were saying he felt like kind of like a weaker tracer, but I haven't played him enough to say one way or another, if that's true. Um, He does have this thing where he like hops or like flips in the air um, and he can do that over terrain, and it's it's pretty cool. He also rides horses by like kneeling down on them, um, which is classic Genji. But I mean, he seems wait like by the kneeling other... down like he's horse surfing. Um, not not surfing because he's he's like legitimately like bending a knee, but he doesn't have like either his legs over either side of the horse. Okay, he's, so like... he's not standing on the horse. He's like kneeling on the horse, but it's it, yeah. That's yeah. odd, but okay. It's it's very odd. Um, but otherwise, it, it's like the other heroes, um, or Overwatch heroes brought into heroes. He seems pretty faithful um, of an adaptation. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how he plays out, though. I yeah, a lot of the a lot of the feedback that I heard initially, and Alex kind of echoed this too, was that he felt like a weaker tracer, and, and like if you had a choice between playing him or tracer, you would go for tracer because why not? But I don't know. I Alex and I talked about this a little bit on the behind the scenes show that we did for uh, Patreon the other day. And one of the things that we were talking about was that once again, we've got another assassin hero being introduced instead of Mm -hmm. a support specialist or or, yeah, or a tank or something like, you know, one of the, I I don't, what do they call tanks and heroes? Is it a warrior? Well, they, they call them warriors, but they sort of started, I think recently they kind of reclassified them into like, bruisers and i forget if it was just if the other one was just playing tanks or what but they have yeah. like kind of sub classifications for warriors now yeah, but it's basically varian cuz you have varian who kind of does both he's kind of he, a tank yeah. and kind of assassin yeah he can do both and we were talking about that too i was like when was the last time they introduced one of those and he said well varian can do both i said yeah but varian could do both when's the last time they introduced one of those that was just that and he said probably zarya cuz that was before oh then. yeah and and Zarya is still kind of a weird. She's case. more CC she's... oriented than she is really like tanky tanky. Yeah, CC and like 
not not support so much, but like if you're not shielding your allies, you're not playing her right. Which you know, warriors aren't usually about shielding allies. It's more about just taking the damage with their own shield. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's been a little while since they've kind of introduced a, a Muradin or like even a Tyrael or Diablo type. I'm going to ask you, Mitch, because I asked Alex this again on the behind the scenes show, and since you play heroes more than we do, I, I want to hear your perspective on this too. If you could have added any Overwatch hero to the game at this point, which one would you have picked? Instead of Genji? Yeah. Ooh. Or do you um, think Genji was the best choice? Hang on, let me pull up the roster of Overwatch so I'm not forgetting anything. Um, My mind immediately went to Reinhardt. Reinhardt would have been a really good option, I think, for tanks because he he does have that, that tank. Like, he is, you know, even in Overwatch, they were trying to make... Um, Orissa, is that, is that Orissa, yeah. Orissa, like him in the sense that he is like a, I forget, turret tank or whatever, where, you know, where he kind of stands in one position and he grounds the team. Yeah. Hang on, let me see here. He's sort of like um, a giant hulking metal shield thing for everybody to kind of stand behind. I don't know. That's always been Reinhardt to me. Yeah. I, I mean, he has the, the, the shield, the clear shield in front of him, but even just him himself, he's like the embodiment of a human shield. I can't believe no one is saying Sombra here. Sombra I, would be fun. Sombra <laughs> would be cool, She, but she sort of has that Sylvanas appeal of disabling things. Like Sylvanas's um, blackened arrow or whatever it's called temporarily disables turrets and yeah but uh, here's the thing you could you don't have to make her a one-to-one match to overwatch you could have her hacking be more direct yeah yeah actually i mean you know totally imagine if she had imagine if she had a five second charm she uses her ability and for five seconds you you know you turn and attack your own party your own people that'd be kind of cool or if you just stand there and do nothing yeah i think there's ways to work it you know if not Genji, though, I think I would have gone... Reinhardt's a, a really good one, just because he is so tanky. Um, Roadhog doesn't quite... I mean, he works, but Stitches kind of has the hook thing down. I think Diva would have been an interesting one. Diva um, was what Alex had said. Mostly because it would be a canonical StarCraft player from the Overwatch unit uh, universe in a Blizzard game with StarCraft maps, and then you kind of get this in crazy level of meta within meta Alex, sort of thing going on. Alex just wanted to hear the conversation that would happen if she were in a game with Kerrigan. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I think Diva would have been. I, I think Reinhardt and Diva would have been great tank choices, and I think Diva would have been the far more entertaining one. Yeah, um, Reinhardt. The main reason I went Reinhardt is because I enjoy playing Reinhardt. Mm-hmm. And I like the hammer thing. I like the hammer mechanic. There's something really fun about swinging a giant, like this oh, gigantic yes, hammer around. Yes, so yes. it's one of those things where I was like, I bet that would translate to heroes really well. Just because. Yeah, like some of the some of the heroes in Overwatch, like they have fairly similar mechanics to other ones. Yeah. Like for a long time, people are like, oh, they're going to bring mercy to heroes and then resurrection can be her ultimate, which is what they did with Oriole. Um, yeah. Roadhog has the hook. Widowmaker and Nova are so similar that they gave Nova a Widowmaker skin. So it's, I, I think they would have to do what Rossi said and kind of go off the map for some heroes if they wanted to make them work and still be unique, which they could either do that or they could start with the heroes that don't have as much overlap, which I don't think Reinhardt necessarily has and I don't think Diva really has either. No. Speaking but, of Oriole, though, 
uh, there was a new skin that was also oh, yeah. introduced for um, in this particular release update where they were talking about Hanamura and her wings are like cherry blossoms. They're really pretty. It's yeah, they have it's called it's like the Sakura skin and it has um, there's like spring Sakura, uh, just plain Sakura. And then there's one other Sakura skin, but it, it looks really cool. And then the other one that I really liked was the Zarya skin, because the Zarya skin is almost kind of a mimic of the skin that Genji had, like the new skin that the, Genji has in the yeah, Uprising yeah. thing, with the I, red and black. I, I agree with Alex. Um, Heroes of the Storm continues to have better skins for Overwatch heroes, or at least for Zarya, than Overwatch has for Zarya. Like the Zarya skins in over or in Heroes are really, really cool. So do you think that they're going to be making any shifts or anything to Genji before he goes live? Or are they just going to keep him as is? Um, I think they'll probably keep him as... I mean, they might buff some of his auto attack damage. I don't think they're going to make too many changes because I don't know how many people are playing like right. the beta right now. Um, usually what happens in this case is they kind of stick with most of unless it's like a really noticeable thing like i think uh probius ended up being in like the ptr for a little longer than most heroes are yeah but unless it's something like that they usually end up keeping the ptr build with a few minor changes here and there and then after it's live it's like a week or two later is when they make any major changes so i think he'll kind of I think that he'll he'll go live the way he is right now, more or less. Okay, and then um, I we guess we should probably talk a... about patch seven point two point five. I think. Well, right, but I had like one more question for the both of you because you're both familiar with Overwatch. If there were any other Overwatch like maps that they would bring into Heroes of the Storm, which one would you pick? Oh, oh, Lord! Um, ah, oh. the one that they the city that's the the desert city with the, all the high. The streets are way high. Bloody heck, I can't remember the name of it. The one that they just introduced with the cars? Uh, it's, yes, that one, because it's really gorgeous. Ooh, that would be a good one. I can't um, remember the name. Someone say its name, please. God, what is the name of this map? <laughs> My mind is blanking right now, oh, but I know which is one it, Is it Nepal no. or Oasis? Oasis. No. It's the one that they just came Oasis. out with with all of the cars. Is that Oasis? I think it's Oasis. I have to look this up Yeah, now. it's Oasis. Okay. All right. Anyway, yeah, the one with the cars. That would actually be really entertaining. <laughs> Ooh. Um, so for aesthetic appeal, I actually really liked the winter version of um, uh, King's Row. Yeah. But I think Ilios could be really cool with the Death Pit. Ilios and the Death Pit. I almost kind of want to see Volskaya just because I want to see if they could do like that 3D multi-level map kind of thing for Heroes okay. of the Storm with the different lifts and things like that that move you around. I'm just interested in seeing how that would translate to a Heroes of the Storm map. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think Alex was saying on Twitter like with the Hanamura map you can kind of see how the Overwatch aesthetic is a lot different from other Blizzard games because it does look different Oh, absolutely. Um, but th that's not necessarily a bad thing. But I am interested to see what they do with future Overwatch maps because uh -huh. oh, it's just, yeah. I do There's like too the much idea Blizzard of Oasis being with. a map, though, particularly if the cars work in the same way. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> just just get too close to the edge of the map, and you know you get hit by a car, or like that's where the bosses are is across the road. So you have to like frogger your way to a boss. <laughs> Frogger is real and lives on in Heroes of the Storm. Okay, sorry, Rossi, I didn't mean to like preempt you there. I just wanted to know what you no, guys thought about that. That's fair. I do think that we should talk though, because they dropped a bunch of patch notes for seven point two point five, including a lot of class changes. Um, there's certain changes that are like across classes. Like basically, there's a series of tank cooldowns that have gotten effectively nerfed, so they only uh, get um, they only stack up three times. And uh, there's also smart heal changes that, you know, they they will now favor players over, you know, your pets or what have you. So you won't die while your 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 pets being healed to full by a smart heal that that's that's (laughs) been adjusted. And uh, I mean, there's death knights, demon hunters. uh, I think rogues have the most extensive changes like the rogue changes are enormous. If you look at this. Just, uh, the just rogue outlaw. Changes, yeah, the rogue changes are enormous if you're playing either outlaw or subtlety. If you're playing assassination, yeah. it's pretty much yawn, same old, same old. So, yeah, well, yeah. you know, if it ain't broken, uh, you know, the shaman changes aren't that big. Warlock's got a decent amount of changes. A warrior's got like, one little change. Destruction warlocks. Are Destruction the, the warlocks ones. are getting a pretty yeah. substantial overhaul. Yeah. Priests get one change, uh, power word barrier. So you know, hey, if you're a priest, don't don't worry, not much happens. Paladins don't get much. Uh, monks get a fair amount, especially to brewmaster. Uh, brewmaster gets a pretty heavy revamp. Um, not sure why they're uh, why they're revamping brewmaster the way they are, but it seems like they're trying to make them more more appealing as tanks. It definitely you get that sense. Okay, um, but can we talk for a minute about the fact that they're introducing? time walking to the black temple nah yeah we can talk about it it. because i'm not because this isn't a dungeon this is is not a time walking dungeon this is a time walking raid and it's so this this is what i i pointed out somewhere was that it's notice notable because it scales between 10 and 30 people yes lfr i I mean, I think technically it scales down, but LFR, it scales up to 30, but usually it will wait until you have, like, 20, 25-ish before it actually lets you queue. Right. So I don't know if this is just going to be a more lenient LFR-type situation, or if it's intended to be, like, a holiday time walking for, like, coordinated groups. It's just... I really want to know more about the intended audience for this and if it's going to be a one-time, not one-time, but like rotating thing like Time Walking is right now, if it's an anniversary thing, which I seems unlikely, but it could be anniversary-esque. I, I don't know. I'm, I am really curious about it, though. The way it's written makes me feel like it's not going to be an LFR-style thing. It does it It's going to be up. one of the Time Walking rotation events. Yeah. But it doesn't. It feels like it's going to be you and some friends get. It's not like right now. You can do. You can just randomly queue for time walking. You just don't. You don't have to have anybody else with you. You don't have to have a group. The way it's phrased in that thing in the uh, PTR notes makes me feel like you need a group. But they don't say that. They do not actually say this is. You know. So we'll see. I mean, I haven't got a chance to. I mean, it's not even on the PTR yet, is it? Mm, it, it is. I think. Yeah. Okay. To queue for it on the PTR, you have to speak to Vormu and Chatrath. Yeah, we are. Yeah, at some point ought to try that. Or at least some of us should. I, I haven't got a chance to. But you know, in terms of it, I mean, what's interesting about it to me is that what it implies, because we, it's very similar to the molten core thing. You remember, guys, remember the molten core event? Um, oh yes. Back in, so it's similar to that. Uh, if if they don't 
I hope they, they do more in terms of like the, the Molten Core event, the anniversary event, didn't have any gear drops. Stuff didn't drop. Like you basically just got. You, you, know, you got the one drop, I think, for completing it. Yeah, and that was it. Yeah. I'm hoping that they actually have scaling gear here. Um, I'd, yeah. I would like to see that. The thing about that is that if they do that, they're also putting in the, the new uh, the, the, the Tomb of Sargeras gear that is basically the recolored, redesigned versions of Tier 6, which dropped in Black Temple. So are we going to get the original versions just scaled up? I mean, there's a lot I would like to know about this. Um, are the Warglaves going to drop off Illidan? Is I it weird for demon hunters to kill Illidan? Or a cosmetic <laughs> version of the Warglaves were data mined, but I don't, I don't recall yeah, there, there was... the exact details around that. It was just, oh, we found this file. Now this is interesting, yeah, but we didn't have any it's details. It's a cosmetic about version it. of them, but I don't know if it's limited to demon hunters or what exactly. I mean, I nice. have I have the OG Warglaves, so you know. Yeah, I have I have them on like. I have them on one of my warriors. One of my demon hunters has one. One of my death knights has one. Uh, I think I've got a paladin who's got one in the bank because, you know, he can't use it, but he's got it. Yeah, my rogue has one of them. My rogue's got both of them, but, like, I don't don't think we're going to see them drop in a time-walking version, but maybe we'll see some kind of... Well, you know, like there was, was it a Ragnaros costume? What was it? There was, there was a... It was the helmet. The helmet. So... Uh, Molten Core dropped an enchant, a pet, and then the helmet. I think it was the enchant that everybody was after. Yeah, because the enchant and the pet were not guaranteed. Um, right. Whereas the helmet, I think you got for your first run. Yeah, you uh, yeah, it was like Hate Spark the Tiny, which is still on auction houses now. But like the enchant, I forget what it actually was, but it went for a lot, and those runs took a long time to actually complete, and it was. It was hard to get. Well, it was Molten Core. Yeah. Molten Core this, was a lengthy, lengthy This could be raid. like... What gets me about this, too, is not just that they're doing it, but what it means for the future. Like, we could yes. end up seeing, you know, what, what's next? Are we going to see an Old War one at some point? I mean, Old War would be so good. So would Naxxramas, for that matter. We, we've got we've got Karazhan as a five-man. The Return to Karazhan as a five-man. Are we going to see a Karazhan time-walking? I okay, mean, you, know, you know what I would like to see? And this is me wishful thinking here. <laughs> time walking Naxxramas with the original models for the armor. Oh, please, yes. Yeah. For that matter, time walking Naxxramas with the original models for the NPCs. And what I'm yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. is like the original, original, like vanilla models. Tier three, three. You want tier yeah, three? Yeah, tier three. The the ridiculous looking Death Knight NPCs that don't look anything like Death Knights now. Yeah. No, because they they were wearing. I remember this when we went into Nax back in the day. They were wearing the Horde PvP gear. Yes, they were. Yeah, <laughs> it was weird. Because I mean, I guess Horde equals evil. I don't know. That's what the Horde PvP gear was for there. But I, I always like when when they uh, if they do Naxxramas time walking like you just suggested, they need to do the thing that that they did. They undid. They need to put the mob balance back up so that there's a ton of mobs in there because. They they turned it into a strip mall. Like it feels like an empty strip mall now. You go into Nax now, it and there's these very enormous bizarre going into it yeah. in Wrath because yeah, it was it it felt kind of almost echoingly empty. It seriously See, felt I like one of those malls really that you go to have in... that experience because I didn't really do it in vanilla. 
Oh, I, we were. I was. I spent so much time in Nax in Vanilla that I felt like my nickname was, you know, you know, off tank the, the the scorpion or whatever. No, off tank the, the spider <laughs> ads. Like seriously, I I was in there so much, and it just you. There's like there's one that really strikes is when you're on your way to Max to Maxina, and yeah. there's that big empty round room with one group right in the middle and one patrol that had like four pulls in it back then. That that room was full. Like you had to be Jeez. very tactical about the pulls. And now it's just like this deserted. It seriously does feel to me like a JC Penney's that just closed. Um, I it, just it's... I remember I didn't actually do Naxxramas back in Vanilla. That was after my raid group fell apart and everything. I did go in there on my priest because I unlocked how to get in there. I had the rep to get in there, mm-hmm. um, and I went in there on my priest and I kind of mind visioned around to take a look at the place. I and it love was mind cr- vision hopping. It was crawling with trash, like just crawling with trash. So when we went and did it in Wrath of the Lich King, and I finally got to like actually walk into it, my first thought was this. I don't, Rossi, your strip mall comparison, that's that's really apt. It's sort of like, it's like one of those old malls that you go to where like almost everything has shut down and there's like all of these empty spaces, but nobody will rent them out because the mall is in the middle of nowhere and also they want too much money for the rent. Oh my God, it's like I'm yeah. driving around town. So it's like an so abandoned it, building or something with like a yeah, few kind of place, outlets here and there. The kind of place that still has like, it has like a flea market that happens every weekend. Yeah. And that's why people go there anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's how it felt. It's really weird, too, because if you look at the other like 40-man raids that came out in Vanilla, like you go into Blackwing Lair, that's the kind of trash mob density that we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Like Blackwing I... Lair has, like, you know, there's one room after you kill Veilstraws where there's just two huge trash packs for no reason. Speaking of which, I, I miss the, the actual giants from Molten Core, the ones that were giant, and the giant core hounds. They scaled them down at some point, I think, when Firelands came out, and it made me sad. They don't seem that small to me, but okay. They're, they they're way a little bit. smaller than they used to be. Yeah, they used to be. It was like, I used to be toe-sized on them, and now I'm like up to their ankle. It yeah, was I'm kind there. of a subtle change, but there was a change that was made. It, Yeah, it, it's just I, I think that that would be like a good one to do because Tier 3, the only way you can get Tier 3 appearances now is the Black Market Auction House. Well, wouldn't it be cool <laughs> to roll that into a time-walking event where you could go get it there? I don't know. I spent a lot of gold on that. I think I deserve it. <laughs> I I had I had Warrior Tier Three and I got rid of it. Oh. oh. And then I server hopped like five times, uh, so there's no way to restore it. There's no at record all. of it. No. Yeah. So yeah, every so often I I look at my character and think, you know, I would have the complete original Tier Three because the original Tier Three was actually a lot better looking. And they made it yeah. for uh, it was they lovely. did Tier Three for uh. For Nax in Wrath, it, it, it went... Oh, the, the priest coloration was horrible, if you ask me. The rogue ones weren't too different. They were slightly different, but the priest ones were just... One of them was like a, a brown and goldish color. I don't, I don't know. It, it was, was not a the, really is, strange color choice. There's also something we should mention here, because it's, it's very vague in the notes, but I feel like people would want to hear this. All new story scenario. We this don't is know a what work in is. progress. Yeah, we'll have more details soon. The bronze dragonflake already went to the future and knows all about it, so we should ask them. Like, I I don't know if that's a joke or if the bronze dragonflake is actually going to the future in this, but in t- I I'm like, I, what? What is the story scenario? Is, what are you doing? What? What? Is what is this it? What is it? Same one as Chromies is like. Is this the Chromie scenario? We don't know because that's all okay. it says. 
Because there, there is a Chromey scenario where I think Wowhead does have some of the dialogue up. I don't want to spoil okay. it here. Yeah, don't spoil any of it. But if that's part of a scenario, then yeah, that's probably the story scenario that they're talking about. Yeah, and it it sounds it sounds appropriately Chromey, and I cannot wait. And it's also the, oh, there is another story scenario though called like Azeroth's Warning, where I'm pretty sure you Ooh. see you meet Bran in Sholazar. <gasps> and it sounds like there's some sort of old god stuff going on and oh my god titan things going down i can't wait and i think you know some people are like well why would we get azeroth's warning you know in in patch 7.2.5 whereas i'm kind of like if they're setting up the next expansion already like i think that's kind of cool to leave just subtle you know not or not so subtle like more build up than just okay, you're done with the expansion. Here's a lead-in patch. Like if we get a warning, then we still head off to Argus, and then we come back, and you know stuff's gone down. I think that's a cool way to. But this well, is all they've just, been kind you know, of hinting theories. at this whole old god stuff like all along. I mean, look at the Shadow Priest weapon. Yeah, it pretty much yeah just chats you up the entire expansion about all of the stuff that's happening and then on top of that you know you go to the emerald nightmare a lot of that is old god related you listen to what ilganoth says a lot of that is old god like they've been they've been heavily implying all along and i will be very surprised if our next next expansion isn't old god related i'll be really surprised if it's not i can't wait to see what's actually in the azeroth's warning scenario because (sighs) just uh Oh, sounds God. really good. Rossi, what do you think about all this story stuff? Um, I'm going to say that I'm not necessarily as charged up as Mitch is for the old gods, but that's because I don't love the old gods the way Mitch does. It's very special love that <laughs> I <laughs> love them and all of the tentacles they provide me. Yeah, but that isn't I'm a, I'm more interested in like what you know, what what are we if we're setting up an expansion now? And that means that means to me that they have the expansion much more in hand than in previous years. And that's good. I don't yeah. want them, whatever they put out in 7.3, I don't want that to be here for a year. If they're putting out something in 7.3, if it's a raid and it's a raid tier, you know, it's got stuff like that. And then we have that until, 20, you know, middle of 2018 or later, that would be bad. That would be very, very, very bad. I, I feel like we could handle... If 7.3 came out, say, in August, I feel like we could handle, you know, not getting the next expansion until early 2018. But I don't think we could handle we could handle not getting it until late 2018. Basically, Uh, if you're going to release 7.3 in August, don't release the next expansion in August of the following year, because that's another one year break. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone gets real tired of that. So but unless, of course, that assumes there's not going to be a 7.3.5. If there was then a 7.3.5. Yeah. That, that's the thing. We're in uncharted waters with this expansion. They're kind of doing. It feels a little bit like they're going back to Mists of Pandaria in terms of content releases, like in terms of having content releases staggered. Um, I'm not necessarily as thrilled with some of the extreme gating that's going on, but I do feel like they're actually aware that they need to release content on on the regular. Like they need to have. Okay, we're already working on seven two five, and it's going to have story content in it. It's not going to have a new raid or anything because we just released one. But it's going to have story content. It's going to have more stuff. I'm kind and then of seven, excited three, here. Out, so. Yeah, I'm kind of excited here. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I'm excited by the seven point two point five. I was expecting it to just be like class changes and stuff like that. 
and then they bring in, oh, yeah, by the way, we're doing Black Temple time walking. Oh, and by the way, there's a story scenario. Oh, and by the way, there's like at least three new mini holiday events dance that we're putting studio. out there. Auction house dance studio. What is that? I don't know, but we're finally getting we're finally, a dance studio, guys. We're finally living up to the box art from Wrath of the Lich Gang. <laughs> well, we you still don't have mounted combat. You can still... Oh, wait, no, they put in quests with it. Well, sure. You, you had mounted combat in, in Warlords, technically. You if you've mounted... got the right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, like flying mounted combat, yeah. Okay, well, you know, if you want Joust so bad, you know, they'll, they'll come up. <laughs> well, you know, we got Joust and Cataclysm in that one area. But, but what really gets me about this, the, the thing about it that that is interesting to me is the idea that they might have, like, a real staggered release schedule set up already. And that they might, we might see like every six months or so, something else comes out. I feel like every six months is a good target, and yeah. so far yeah. we've been kind of hitting it. I mean, maybe not exactly, but you know, it just it, it, it also depends too. Like uh, uh, Scott was saying, um, it looks like we're not going to have the actual seven point two raid until summer, which means if seven point three has a raid, it probably won't be until twenty eighteen. Um, yeah, imagine that. Which, which is. Good and bad. I like you said the the extreme staggering of content. I haven't liked as much, and it's. I mean, it sounds like they're aware of it. Like one of the devs was asking, like on a patch day, I expect this much content to be available. But um, yeah, it it, it still is. Re- I mean, they're on top of it. Like Watcher said at BlizzCon, something on the PTR pretty much all the time. And uh, now I'm really curious if that also will include the beta as soon as we get like a seven three five. Like, does that mean as well, soon as 735 hits beta is going to launch like a week or two later it really depends on if we if 735 is the end of this expansion we don't even yeah, know yeah that. yeah or but if that's... there's going to be a 735 yeah, yeah. but in, in like whatever the last patch is does it mean we're going to get the last patch and then a beta right after or are we going to hit more snags i don't know uh-huh. it just it feels it feels right now i'm kind of optimistic about it because it feels like their pacing is more on yeah. track it's not rushed. They aren't. They definitely aren't rushing anything. But they aren't. They also aren't. I don't think that there's like too much of a gap between content releases either. It's maybe it's a little bit bigger than it needs to be. You know, maybe there are some people that are kind of getting bored while they're waiting for the next patch to come out. But it's not. It's not a year long wait. It's not even yeah. like a six month wait or anything like that. You know, there's like the little patch and then the big patch and the little patch and the and it's. It's a steady stream of content, and I'm appreciating that so far. Okay. Yes. Um, at this point, I mean, there's do you two do other that? there's two other things that we should mention here. Okay, um, you then go for it. Yeah, one of them is that there was a new short story that was just released, and by just released, I mean like five minutes before we went live. Otherwise, I would have a post up on the site about it already. Um, there's a new short story. It's called Dark Mirror. It's by Steve Denuser, and I'm hoping that I pronounced his last name correctly because I've never tried to pronounce it before. But um, it involves Sylvanas and Nathanos. And you should go read it. I've only read the first page of it so far, but I'm intrigued and I want to finish it immediately after we're done with the show. (laughs) (laughs) And then the other thing is uh, a new book was a new book release was announced. Uh, Robert Brooks is doing The Art of Hearthstone, and from what I can tell, it's basically, it's an art book, but it's an art book that has, like, it showcases all of the gorgeous art that's come out for Hearthstone over the past several years that it's been out. And I, every time they release a new adventure pack, 
it always comes out with these amazing illustrations on top of all of the stuff that's already in the card art. So I'm like a real big fan of the art surrounding that game anyway to begin with. But on top of that, it also tells the story of how Hearthstone came to be from this like, you know, small team project where they were just kind of experimenting with it to what it is today. Um, And that's actually really interesting. If you're a Hearthstone fan and you enjoy our show, you can consider checking out The Art of Hearthstone and even like pre-ordering that by going to blizzardwatch.com slash art of hearthstone the hardcover art book it's currently available for pre-order and it's expected to release on october 15th that's not a guaranteed date that's the one that amazon (laughs) is putting out there but theoretically that's when we should see that out okay um Um, one more bit of news that like i guess was just posted or at least a half hour ago Mm -hmm. um it's i mean newish but starcraft patch 1.18 like original starcraft that makes the first game and brood war free mm-hmm. and more optimized for windows 10 just came out so if you're interested in that um i think there, there's a you have to like run it as admin the very first time you launch it and do a couple other things but if anyone was interested in that that just happened today so yay Alrighty. Uh, okay, we're going to move on to emails. Um, as is always the case, if you have an email for the show, send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com and put Blizzard Watch or podcast in the uh, subject line so we know it's for this show and not the other show. Um, at this point, um, Anne, you usually read them, so I'm going to throw it over to you. Okay, our first email is from Crazy Hunt the Troll Hunter who says, Akamagosh, watchers, which I haven't heard in a while. I appreciate that. <laughs> Crazy Hunt the Troll Hunter here. Recently I was on Reddit and came across this thread re- regarding possible racial campaigns. As a troll, I was thinking that since the majority of troll factions have gotten wrecked by both the Alliance and the Horde, e.g. Zolfarak, Zolgarub, Zolaman, etc., along with Vol'jin getting killed, now would be a good time as any for some troll stories digging in to Wowpedia led me to King Rastakhan and the Zandalari. Do you think they'd be a good fit for the Horde? Thanks for all the awesome work, and I can't wait to watch y'all level the Horde way. I feel like I should point out that King Rastakhan and the Zandalari, I mean, they were the villains in the Throne of Thunder. They aren't really keen on working with anybody, I don't yeah, think. The, most trolls, the reason that the, the Darkspear were willing to work with the Horde is they were utterly and completely desperate. In a way that no other trolls on the planet were at that time. Now, you could argue that now Rastakhan's pretty desperate because, you know, his kingdom got sunk. But for all we know, the dude is dead. We have no idea what's going on with the Zandalar right now. So keep that in mind, too. Uh, But also, they're also a lot more racist. Like, trolls think of other races as things you might eat. Maybe. Like, you know. And or conquer. Yeah, conquer. But then maybe you'll eat them. Because you, they're not if worth cannibalism. Be yeah. wrong. Then they're not even worth considering enemies. One of the reasons they hate elves so badly is that the elves have the temerity to beat them. The elves kick their butt, and that's <laughs> that. That was like you know they're still mad it was about an that. Insult. Yeah, it was an <laughs> insult. And the worst part was that the, the whole rumor that they used to be trolls, the whole dark troll thing. The dark <laughs> trolls were the one troll tribe that weren't crazy racist. Like it, it needs to be said. Like the, the most trolls make the Grim Totem look welcoming. Like they, they're they're not Rastakhan barely. When the Zandalari worked with us, it was entirely because of how much they hated Hakar, and not because they thought we were cool. They thought we were disposable pawns that would go in and get murdered by Hakar, so they wouldn't have to. That's the Zandalari. They're not these. These are not guys who are nice or friendly in any way. Uh, they don't like the Horde because oh my God, the Horde 
can you imagine how they view the dark spear? They it's thanks to Vol'jin that they got beat the last time. Yeah, they don't care for the dark spear. So, I mean, when Zul, the prophet, when Zul originally approached all of the, you know, the the shattered troll tribes that were kind of scattered all over Azeroth and said, "Hi, we need to unite and we need to make ourselves great again." And this was uh it was like the precursor to the Zul'Gurub and the Zul'Aman relaunch for both of those. Um there was a cinematic that came out where it wasn't I don't know if it was Zul or if it was like somebody who was speaking on behalf of Zul uh came to all of the trolls including Vol'jin and said look we're going to die out unless we unite and do something about it and everybody was okay with that idea except for Vol'jin and Vol'jin promptly turned around and brought in the Horde and also brought in the Alliance, which was also kind of unheard of. And he did this under Garrosh's nose. Like, Garrosh didn't know about this. Um, he brought in the Alliance and the Horde to go handle the situation in Zulaman and in Zulgarub and make sure that nothing actually happened there. So the Zandalari are not happy with the Horde. They are not happy with the Alliance. Both of these people kind of ruined their efforts back in the day when those two dungeons were kind of relaunched. Um, this isn't to say that you couldn't have an interesting campaign dealing with them. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily have to be dealing with them as in wiping them out. But there's not... I don't think the, that the Xandalari would ever come in and replace the Dark Spears as, as troll figures. And I certainly don't think Rastakhan would become the head of the trolls in the Horde. That's not... he. That to him would be a huge demotion. That would be like, you know, going from... He considers himself like the rightful king of all trolls everywhere to dealing with a bunch of motley nothings. Like, you know, who are these, like, orcs? Blood elves? You want me to deal with elves as equals? <laughs> yeah, that's no, not going to go over so well. Um, but, but then again, that's sort of what Garrosh did, and they made a story out of it. So if Blizzard wanted intrafaction animosity, do we want the exact same story again, though? No, I, I'm not. I'm not saying we do. If we're going to see I'm any saying... kind of like interfactional conflict again, I would like to see it on the alliance side. Yes, please. I would like to I see the alliance emo get more Anduin. I want Emo Anduin to go shadow already. Come on, man. I would like Maiev to come back and be a force to be reckoned with. I want Night Elf Paladins. Yeah. All of these I things would, play would be one good. Of those. As far as King Rastakhan goes, though, the only time that we've ever actually seen King Rastakhan was in that whole flashback thing. If you go to um, the Lorewalkers area and you've collected all of the bits and pieces for it, uh, Lorewalker Cho, he will tell you a story about Rastakhan and Zul and the whole downfall of the Zandalari that kind of like the island being you know sinking and all of this other stuff and you get this brief glimpse of Rastakhan and what Rastakhan looks like and it's left very open-ended at the end there where it's like okay well the kingdom of Zandalar it's it's sinking into the sea has it has it been devoured is King Rastakhan gone we don't know um yeah are they, are they like currently is, under a bubble we don't know well what we do know we know that the Zandalar that we saw in Missa Pandaria were kind of desperate. They were on... This was their last chance um, to try and reestablish themselves. And that's what they've been desperately trying to do, is just reestablish themselves as this powerhouse so they don't die out. In a way, their story kind of mirrors the Forsaken a little bit, because they're after the same thing. They're finding a way to like perpetuate themselves so they don't die out and just disappear. 
Um, for the Forsaken, I don't think that the stakes are quite as desperate. I mean, they are, yes, to a degree. But for the Zandalari, these this is the empire that once lorded over all of Azeroth. It wasn't just one section of Az. It was the entire planet. They were a force to be reckoned with. And all of that fell to pieces. And yeah, they've not been to trying mention... to reestablish that glory ever since for thousands yeah. and thousands and thousands of years. So well, wasn't, the, wasn't case... the deal with Throne of Thunder, like the, the troll boss, I forget what their name was, but like it was essentially the leaders of all of the remaining troll factions, like the Sand Trolls. Yeah, the Zandalar the Forest Troll. Troll. Yeah, we just, it's like, here's all of the leaders of the trolls. Let's kill them. Well, right so, now, be, the thing is, I don't the think biggest, they'd be too happy. The biggest problem with the Zandalari is with with the Forsaken. They need a way to reproduce. The Zandalari need a place to live. Like that's yeah, they what, don't have that's any why, place anymore. That's why they made an alliance with the Mogu again. That's why they came to Pandaria. They're like, we need a place to live. Pandaria has land. We need we need a place to put our people. Um, it's effectively like it's sort of an Atlantis story. Like if you if you sink Atlantis, if there's going to be any Atlanteans left, they got to live somewhere else. That's where Zandalar is. We don't again. We don't know if Zandalar is already at the bottom of the ocean. We we don't know if it's slowly subsiding, if it's quickly subsiding. We really have no idea. So, but I don't think they'd ever join the horde. That's what I'm going to say here. No, I do I think, think it's think an so. interesting story though, and I want to see it. Yeah, I do. Okay, so our next email has two questions in it, so we're just going to answer both of these, and I think we're going to answer them one at a time. First question says, Hey, watchers, two quick questions. One, ever since we've arrived on the Broken Isles, a number of strange things keep happening to my characters in various zones, and I have no idea what's causing them. Multiple characters see this, so it's not my gear. There's a cyclone that spreads flowers on the ground, a giant force bubble that appears around me, and a giant spinning sword that suddenly appears, even for mobs that didn't have them before. Since my natural inclination is to move out of things whenever they appear on the ground I spent a good chunk of my time running away from things which may or may not actually be harming me what exactly is causing these things to appear and are they good or bad I don't know for sure but I'm pretty sure these are the buffs that you get from the various uh, legion fall buildings yes um, which are, are good things they're not they're not trying to kill you the spinning sword took me aback when I first saw it but it doesn't actually harm me it does damage to the other guys so I'm not sure what that is I think it's a buff from one of the buildings I don't know which building it is because we've had all of the buildings in fairly quick succession over the last couple of days yeah Um, plus plus the buffs you get like I have one right now that says gain helpful assistance from the armies of legion fall well right okay there's, and then there's random things you can like pick herbs, get, gather altar buffs, all those kind of stuff around the broken shore that provides you with random things. There are various um, buffs that you can pick up all over the place, pretty much. Yeah, it's there it's kind of so like much, the Timeless Isle in that sense. Cause the there's so Isle much junk happening that I can't keep track. I'll be <laughs> ultimately here. I'm just an old man. I just go whatever. I'm not dying. Sure, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes sometimes Thorim shows up and hits people for me. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I get the random, like the random wardens will show up or the random. Yeah. I like the demon hunters because they swoop in and then they leave, right? The wardens will <laughs> stick around, which is kind of irritating when you're a rogue and you're trying to stealth your way out of a situation. <laughs> and there's just this warden oh, God, who's tagging I, I, along yeah, behind you. Yeah. yeah the warden, warden yeah. does not stealth. kind of wish that they did. Or if they just, you know, made an exit after they helped me out because 
one of these things is helpful. One of them is not. Um, okay. So the second question here says, second question, my creeping tentacle is always whispering things to me, including this one that I just saw. Toast is your enemy. Does yog Saran really feel that I am frightened by bread? I don't recall ever fighting toast or any other baked good in the game. What exactly is he up to? Mitch, do you know anything about this? I don't know. I saw the word baked in that and I'm thinking maybe that's where you know some of this is coming from because I have no idea what this person's talking about well yeah. what I'm wondering is the creeping tentacle isn't the creeping tentacle like what is that isn't that the isn't trinket? the creeping tentacle a, is it a, oh is it a trinket I don't know or no you that get, is a pet it's a pet it's a pet right yeah Um, unless toast was like an NPC nearby and the tentacle decided to target. I don't know. Toast is great though. Well, that's what I'm thinking is that what I'm thinking is that there was an, an NPC or a player character standing nearby with that name. And the tentacle was just trying to turn you on your buddy or. See, I I picked this one. I picked this one hoping one of you would have an answer to it. So I got nothing. I, I, that's that's the best I can come up with. Well, the pet will whisper that, to you. Like yeah. the pet, the pet will whisper to you, and it whispers a bunch of little tiny things, like Yogg-Saron's voice lines. I think it is. I it, it's like you'll be alone in the end. Hope is an illusion. Oh, I don't actually have that pet. That's okay. It's, oh, it's from Yogg. Okay. It drops from Yogg. Okay, and I'm it was looking put in the game after I got the mount. I actually so. looked it up on Wowhead here. Turns out that voice line isn't toast is your weakness, it's trust is your weakness. <laughs> so That makes a lot more sense. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. So yeah, toast is not your weakness. Trust is. If anyone is. from Blizzard is listening, please put in a voice line that says toast is your weakness. <laughs> Just please do it. <laughs> just sub in toast so that it says that every now and again yeah okay so that's 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 what that was that wasn't uh <laughs> oh i thought God. it was it was actually kind of likely where it was like okay well maybe they'll tell you that your friend you know because i mean Cthune had that yeah. whole thing where he was like your friends will abandon you okay well maybe yeah, that didn't show up in the chat log and it freaked me the hell out the first time i heard it oh man that was the that, best it was so good though it but, was amazing. Oh the first time like, we zoned in a Q40. Oh, yeah. And people started hearing those whispers, man. <laughs> they were just the real, freaking out. The real thing about those whispers was that they can run into each other. Yeah. So, like, I remember one point I actually heard your your heart will explode and your friends will betray you, but it was your friends will explode. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I, that's I pretty do, bad, too. Yeah, that's not good either. So, you know, please don't. But Okay. Okay, I think we have time for one more email here real quick. So let's go ahead and get to this one. It's it's from Akalos, who's a Blood Death Knight, who says, Greetings, Winter Weather Watchers. Akalos of Thrall and Proud Patron. I don't know how to feel about the Broken Shore, given that the last two expansions have given very fun interactive zones near the end of the expansion. It leaves me feeling underwhelmed, but without any real information of what lies beyond... 7.2.5 it feels like this hasn't lived up to its expectations but given that it is a theoretical middle patch of the expansion should I just going on in the future wow this sentence makes no sense okay but given that it's a theoretical middle pack of the expansion should I just going on into the future this doesn't make any sense should I I just Should I just continue going on in the future, living up to the other end of expansion pack zones, such as Timeless Isle or Tanan Jungle? I think what I think what Akalos is trying to ask here is: is this a middle patch, or is 
is this is this supposed to be the timeless isle to don jungle or is there one of those that has yet to come out maybe it's okay i've 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 made sentences like that that's why and things i i think it's a kind of more of an isle of quelled and os type situation for for some for the broken shore yeah, I, I don't think it's supposed to be. Although Isle of Coldenos was technically the last, you know, content patch. Right. I, I feel like this is setting. This is basically for Tomb of Sargeras. It's it's a setup and it. And it's, it's a build a, up and unlocking of that particular yeah. piece of endgame content. And it, it works for the invasions and so forth. I don't feel like it's trying to be as big and expansive as Tanan. Tanan was enormous. Tom was yeah. very, very big. Sage this Time in the chat channel that says that this is supposed to be Isle of Thunderish, and it feels like a mix between Isle of Thunder and Isle of Keldanas. I read, kind of. I read Isle of Thunderfish. Thunderfish made, made me laugh. But yeah, Isle of Thunder is actually a really good comparison, and this also goes back to what Rossi and I were kind of complaining about: is the extreme gating, uh, because it's not all here yet. So in a couple, I think it's like eleven weeks to yeah. unlock everything. So at the end of those 11 weeks, kind of, you know, see how you feel about the zone and then compare it to the other ones. And then that's sort of the the whole zone itself after the 11 weeks. That's what we're going to get. And I think then at that yeah. point, you can judge the whole zone versus the other zone and then separately judge the way Blizzard paced it. Did the pacing feel good or not? Because I think that's something Blizzard's looking for right now. It is, feels a little sluggish to be right it, now. It does. There's not a whole lot. And you and I always go back to patch 5.1 because oh, 5.1 yeah. was perfect in terms of pacing. It was the um, pinnacle of pacing. Yeah. So I, I think right now it's not supposed to be like Timeless Isle or Tanan. But it's very much it, not Timeless Isle, because absolutely not. And Tanan was much larger. I have yeah. a feeling that if we go to Argus, that's going to be the spot for yeah. all of this stuff, where we see more of a Tanan jungle Argus. or uh, Isle of Thunder model, where, it, you know, because yeah. Argus, obviously Argus is not, it's not one gigantic world anymore. It's been kind of um, crunched a little bit from what little bit we caught over Kill Jaden's shoulder <laughs> in that trailer. So I don't think we're going to explore the entire planet. If we go there, it would be much more likely that we'd be exploring a zone, like something zone-sized. So maybe that's where we're going to see that come into play, that model. I definitely feel like, yeah, I definitely feel like the Broken Shore is meant to be modular and to lock into other stuff that we're getting. Yeah. Like the Broken Shore takes you to like the various... The um, artifact quests that that allow you to unlock your more artifact talents. It gives you a chance to do the challenge mode in, in the challenge, the uh, solo artifact challenge, to get the special appearance. It gives you a a, a launching platform for the invasions. It, it gives you a chance to grind up and and get ready for the raid. It's not meant to be as all encompassing a place as Tanan was. No, Tanan, like, like I was talking to my wife about this the other day. We were talking about the difference between the two zones, and it was like. With Tanan, I would go and I I would do all of those areas to get crystals, because you could you could go to every single area. You'd get more from the quest, but you could go to all do your over first the place. Zone. You could do the yeah. whole place, you, and you could do it at any pace you wanted. Like you didn't, there was nothing to wait for. There was nothing gonna unlock. You could just was, go pick them up. Yeah, there wasn't gonna be any sort of with 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 um the broken shore as as Mitch is pointing out. We still don't have the whole thing. No, we don't. And and, and like this. Sorry to interrupt, but like this week, the the new quote unquote quest that we got, 
I'm pretty sure all it was was Cadgar saying, I need 2,500 nether shards. Ooh, I'm yeah. going to have to go do that. I haven't done uh, that yet. Okay, but <laughs> small... Sorry, and I'm going to spoil something. You turn no, in the okay. 2,500 nether shards, and he's like, I may have gotten a bit carried away. I just needed one. Really? It's, what is with him needing more it's, shards? It's, it's funny, and it's very Cadgar, but it it is the only new quest we got this week, and it, it feels... There's no in point. a way like a slap in the face to the players because it's like, hey, if you don't have nether shards, go farm up 2,500. Ha ha, just kidding. You just needed one. Here's the rest back. If you already have those 2,500, it's less than a minute of new content. And now I'm like, wait, what did Cadgar even need those for? Am I going to find out next week? Will I remember next week? And that's the sort of gating issue that I have so right it's now. Like, like, it's like a weekly quest thing that is no story whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, and like if they had done that and then also included this week was a follow-up to what the hell he's using them for, great. That would have been at least something more. But right now, it, it there's a way to gate content that doesn't make it feel like it's gated content. And then there's what happened this week where it's like, okay, this is deliberate and obvious gating. It's like you've decided to make a weekly quest that's just a throwaway joke to Warlords of Draenor, which nobody really... Well, yeah. I shouldn't say nobody. Well, a lot of people didn't it, really care for that anyway, so... It, no, and it, it was, in its own right, it was very funny, but as the new content for the week, it was just kind of a letdown. Womp and I womp. also think I also think that... Um, and maybe this will slow down once more people are flying, but we've we get three buildings, they're up for three days at a time, but it just seems like they're up, they're down, they're up, they're down, and it, it doesn't feel like there's as much meaning to them being up right now. It just sort of feels like people are putting their Legion Fall supplies wherever, and then the building's going to be up soon enough. I, I sort of wish that maybe there were more buildings, or the buildings themselves had the Mage Tower, like, challenge appearance incentive sort of thing going. Yeah. I don't know. It's just... It I I'm not I don't mean to rag on it so much as I am, but it's just I I think it it's not Timeless Isle, it's not Tanan Jungle, and I think um I think Blizzard's aware that it, it could be better in the future as far as how they're gating it. I just want to congratulate you on becoming Alex for that moment. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're welcome. Well, he is filling in. Anyway, that wraps us up for emails. That also wraps us up for the show. Uh, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. And your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much, Anne. Uh, again, this, if you have an email for the podcast, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with a podcast or Blizzard Watch in the subject line so we know it's for this show. This has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Rossi. Thank you guys very much for listening, and we will be here next week. Hmm. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.